0: You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Merry Christmas! It is Christmas Eve, and for the next couple of weeks, uh, you'll notice that we are switching up our schedule, or our routine a little bit. We will still be podcasting, um, but we'll only be posting one uh, episode per week, uh, this week and next week, um, in addition to the regular sermons. Um, And since we are kind of in between uh, sermon series here, these next couple of episodes this week and next week will be kind of focusing on the season things happening in the world things like that uh so hope you guys enjoy as always if you have any questions or comments uh, about the podcast itself or about what we're talking about in these episodes feel free to leave us a voicemail or send us an email and we will talk about it merry christmas hello hello happy christmas eve
1: Wow, it's crazy how time flies, isn't it?
0: Time flies. <laughs> it's going to be uh, 2020 here in a week.
1: That's kind of astonishing to think about. And, you know, as we, you and I have talked about this lots of times re- related to the podcast or just because we're holiday people, you know, we I love Christmas and, and all the build up to it and all of the, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the, the, the Advent season mm-hmm. um you know, even the, I don't, I'm not as into the act of decorating, the process of decorating as I <laughs> as was when I was younger.
0: <laughs> you still like looking so, at decorations? So
1: thank, yes, I do. I really like looking at them. I don't like the work of it anymore. Right. I used to love that. I, mean, I drove I li- by
0: your house last night. <laughs> Creepy. And um,
1: <laughs> Well, I live on the main street. So it's not like, you know.
0: But your house is very nicely decorated. I like the little lights on the front of the house.
1: Well, it's not necessarily what we would like, but there's work in You do what you to gotta that. do. So you <laughs> stick
0: a star shower in the ground and that's deal right. with it. it
1: makes, <laughs> makes my, we do like the star shower on the big oak tree behind it. I do like it. that I too. Think yeah. That's pretty cool. But my wife hates it when they move. Makes her feel like the ones bugs. on the tree
0: move, don't they? Only if the wind is blowing. Oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> I saw, I drove but, by somebody's house last night and they had a, a, I won't even call it a star shower because it was words oh, proje- yeah, yeah. projected on it. Yeah, right here yeah, on, on Elm Street. Yeah, and it's it. like happy holidays, joy. Right. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. I thought
1: about one of those. But anyway, I, was I was like, I love, I like it on the oak tree, but if it if it's moving, mm. which I kind of like, Shelly feels like it looks like bugs crawling on the tree. So it's like, <laughs> all right, I get it. So anyway, we don't.
0: It's we don't the new plague, the Christmas plague.
1: But, uh, a roof is high enough that I'm like, man, if I got to get the ladder and right. put up the lights. I don't yeah. even have an
0: outdoor outlet, which really frustrates me. I don't either. Because I, I can't. So
1: then I run an extension cord from the garage. Right. You know, anyway, it's not super relevant, but, but with all of that <laughs> stuff that... Is
0: anything we talk about? With all
1: that stuff that we go through and all the process mm-hmm. that, that you build up to, uh, you've got... I mean, I've got suites all over my house right, right. now. and. My wife has not baked anything right. for our house. Right. It's baking things for all these different office party, church party, yep. you know, choir concert, all that kind of stuff. So then we get all these things that come back and, and you know, Emma will bring something from her dance party or school party and uh,
0: people will send just and I'm like, the- I cannot
1: have any more sugar. <laughs> and I like sweets mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. but I'm like sugared out and we haven't even gotten to Christmas yet. But there's so much that goes on and I love it I, you know the thing of it is I haven't listened to nearly enough Christmas music because right. I'm, I was just I'm thinking doing all this stuff yeah. I, I was very excited when I walked past the bathroom as my daughter's getting ready for dance I think it was might have been no it had, it had to be dance anyway uh, I walk past and I hear her phone playing Christmas music oh nice you know she's loving it and I'm like who is that that sounds like Buble it's just a it is Buble, Dad. Of course you it's Buble. Of course it's <laughs> Buble. Like, all right. My the daughter, king of Christmas. My, my daughter's listening to Buble. So right. So you know, then I get her hooked up with some Nat King Cole and some right. Andy Williams. And all even that,
0: uh, even Georgie's going around in the house singing, ho, 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 who go?
1: <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I love it. And I love yeah. all of the build up to it. And and so, you know, we got family stuff starting mm-hmm. now. Um uh, my, <laughs> no. you know, my uh
0: because well, it's Christmas
1: Eve. Yeah, well, my oldest son, Ricky, uh, and his family are, you know, they're going because it's, it's Christmas Eve. But it's really not Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's actually the Saturday before as Faking we're recording you out, people. This. And uh, which is why there's no live stream involved, but, right. but as we could uh, you have put know, like a tree behind they're us, they're in Chicago for the day, you um, know, checking out Christmas stuff, going to Chris Kendall Market and then the rest of the family's going on Monday. I, of course, am not going. I'm actually a, a, the only German speaker in the family that I have never been to Chris Kendall Market. I but haven't I, either. Anyway, I say German speaker. I'd like to go for here. a That's pretzel. 30 years ago. Anyhow, so we've got all this stuff going on. And then we got Christmas Eve. and that's So we got our, our Christmas Eve service at church, which is one of my favorite things of the year. And, Same. and so you know we do that, and then we go over to my sister's, and we have you know a family get-together then. And then we've got Christmas Day. And on Christmas Day, after the morning time, we're going to drive down uh, to Peru, Indiana, to uh, Rick and Courtney's house and have Christmas with the kids. A lot of the family's coming down there. And then on the next Saturday, on the 28th, we've, we've got our family progressive dinner, where we go through mm-hmm. all the different homes and all that kind of stuff. And you got New Year's Eve, <clears throat> so, and then you know when you get to the end of all this, and, and, and even really, I mean, it, and that
0: goes by in a blur. It
1: sure does, and and, and even like Christmas morning, you got right. all this build up and the Christmas shopping, and you got the gifts under the tree. And it looks and then so Then you open beautiful. the gifts, and it's like, yay, awesome! And then this huge now drop what, off, right. you know, this the and and folks. Very often get depressed going into the holidays, thinking of what they wish they had, and you right, know things right. like that, and
0: it, or people they wish were around, right? You know, not around. You know, why, you know, start
1: to evaluate right. your life, and so the combination of Christmas and the the, the New Year, you know, new <laughs> New Year, new me, all that kind right, of stuff, right, 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 which is just stupid. virtually never true. Um, well, I, and I, I don't want to say it's stupid necessarily, and, and I've been there too. The reality of it is. Where, you know, to, to borrow from the old saying, which is also a Clint Black song, wherever you go, there you are. You know, you take you with you. Mm-hmm. So in this new year, I can be new me, but unless I'm receiving Christ and being born again, I'm not a new person. If I'm in Christ, then I'm already a new person. But what I do need to do is is change a lot of the things that go on, and so using holidays uh, like New Year's or birthdays or whatever as markers to help with that, to the extent that it's a tool to take you there, okay, that's great. But the reality is, most of the time, we really don't. We talk about it, we we, we build up expectations, and well, then we're that's disappointed.
0: that's the thing, and I think we, uh, this time of year, especially, and if we're going to talk about you know going into the new year, uh, the expectations we have for ourselves might be too great, and that ends up putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. And not only does that kind of feel like fuel depression, but it makes us less likely to follow through with the things we say we're going to change.
1: Absolutely. And on top of that, it, it, it really is a reflection a lot of times of bad theology, that mm-hmm. you know we, we ask for God to do things. hmm but then we think we have to take charge of those things. you know. And I'm not suggesting a passive faith life that we sit around, <laughs> contemplate our navel, and wait for God to move. But the, Well, the, I was just
0: going to say, because I think just saying, you know, God, do this for me, God, do that for me, and then we just sit there and twiddle our thumbs and wait yeah. for it to happen, that's not right either. That's not the picture we see <laughs> right, in
1: Scripture. Right. And so as we look at all of life, we need to look at all of life through the lens of the Bible. Mm-hmm. What is it that God actually says to us? And so as we watch, even in the garden, it's all God, right? He does all the creating. He clearly does not need Adam and Eve mm-hmm. to help him out with this stuff. Right. And yet he assigns them the task, Adam specifically, the task, of caring for all of this created order right. where where Adam has contact, obviously. He's this not asking him to control right. Mars, right? right. So <clears throat> Adam has no idea. He as far as he knows, he's this everything is the he universe. sees. Right. So God is giving this assignment and asking before sin enters, there is work. So God intends for us to have an active involvement in his world, to partner with him. Not because he needs us, not because we have something to offer to him, right. which is just a ludicrous idea. I mean, just think for a minute about the God who created the entire cosmos in six days by the, by the speaking of his word. As he speaks the, the logos into into this realm of nothingness, and it becomes somethingness. He doesn't
0: need us to till a field for him.
1: He, yeah, I, I mean, really, <laughs> right. what can we possibly right. offer God? So when we see, you know, even, again, even in Genesis before the law is given, that they're offering sacrifices, offering these mm-hmm. offerings to God, mm-hmm. what are we offering him that he didn't give to us? Right. You know, that's... The C.S. Lewis concept, or great '90s band of Sixpence None the Richer. You know, that's this idea of I'm going to borrow sixpence from Daddy so I can buy Daddy a gift. You know that. So thank you
0: for including a '90s reference. Oh, I thought you might like that. Probably the last one of the year. Well, maybe not. (laughs) Um, We've got time.
1: And by the way, I did love Sixpence None the Richer. So anyway, as they're. as they're going through this, this holiday season, setting up expectations, I say they, I mean we, mm-hmm. you know, we set up these expectations, uh, we really are reflecting our view of reality. It's not, it's not reflecting reality necessarily, but it's reflecting our view of reality. So when we, whatever we're feeling, thinking, doing is a reflection of what we actually are perceiving reality to be. And today. I
0: think the holidays especially are very feelings forward, for we've, sure. We've yeah, especially yeah. In, in North America, yeah. North American culture, we've we've made it as such. Yeah. And uh that's not a bad thing, but I don't know that it's always a good thing.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely you know, I'm kind of a, you know, romantic right. emotional guy that, you know, I, I love cheesy movies and, right. and things like that. I'm much more prone to cry at movies than my wife is. She's way tougher than I am. But if you're having babies, you're tougher than anybody who's not. So Anyway, um, <laughs> uh So you know, with all of that, you know, sometimes people can can hear me talking about these things and, and think that I'm anti-emotion. N- right. Not at all. You know, have I, they met your mother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and even my kids will make fun of me for you know right. crying when we're talking about stuff. Listen, man. There's a lot to feel. Yeah. But the feelings, when they and sometimes they
0: just when eek they out of you when they
1: aren't rooted in reality, right. are, are going to take us to a very bad place. Right. And so then we end up, and we see this a lot with folks. You and I were talking about this uh, when we before we started recording. We we're talking about just this this idea of um, kind of the the therapeutic approach to Christianity. That mm-hmm. you know we we. We want life to get better, right? right? So we, you know, we come in and we think that if we,
0: um, well, Christmas go, Eve is a good, is a good example of that people come to a Christmas Eve service who might not usually yeah, come yeah. To church. yeah Christmas and Easter
1: yeah you know, right Christers, you know so we, don't, don't say that. that's a gross <laughs> word that's a, well that's that's Christmas my nickname in high school <laughs> I, yeah so anyway uh, that was like uh, the last one of the year for that uh, not likely as we. As we see these types of things, we get this idea that that you know if we come to church, if we come come to Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about getting religion and all these different things, that it's going to make our lives better. Getting baptized, it's going to right. And so if I do this, then it'll fix me. It'll fix gonna change, my problems. Right. Um, and that's not how
0: it works. We've actually talked before, you know, uh, in I think it's specifically in speaking about baptism is oftentimes. When you get those expectations in your head, it's just the opposite for a while. Or, yeah, or right. we've talked about, you know, uh, I think with um, like my mother's baptism or other people's baptism that you that you've you've seen over the years, it's not uncommon for the days, weeks leading up to that for some kind of like serious spiritual attacks right. to occur. Yeah, and or the days following. Right. Oh. Right.
1: I have a, a friend here at church who. Um, uh, once he realized and received Christ uh just the devil just started pounding him right. just attacking him. Right. And, and he's been away from the lord now for a, a while you know not not renouncing but just right. not walking right yeah. and uh and it's catching up with him and all, and all of a sudden he's realizing man this all got worse right. when i got saved it didn't get better what does that tell, you? Better, does that tell you though yeah well i mean when when the enemy gets stirred up they got something to fight for right, right? so anyhow um it's not. I, I often will quote John Piper. I, I love his his quote um, and the whole concept. Uh, he calls it Christian hedonism, but this uh, this desiring God idea that our deepest desires are are really for God, mm-hmm. and everything else that we pursue is an imitation of that. And so when we don't, uh, when we, when we think we're pursuing pleasure and we're not pursuing it in Christ, that we're really not even. Pursuing our own pleasure, right. rightly, you know, right. it's a, a messed up idea of it. You know, and one of the key uh, quotes from from Piper from that whole thing is that we are that God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him. And I don't think we really grasp that enough as Christ followers. So often, you know, we come and we're, we're looking for a religion that works. You know, mm-hmm. we want to come in and. Well, I believe God's like this, and if I come in and I do this, then God's going to do this for me. And you know, the uh, I've heard a couple of different people talking about prosperity teaching that one of the one of the big downsides. It seems crass to even say it that way, but one of the one of the fallouts, one of the effects of that, is that really you portray God as stingy with His blessings. That you know, here's this God who can do all these things. But he'll only do it if you jump through these hoops, if you right. do this stuff. Right. And so Check he really off these boxes. doesn't. Want, and then if you do these things right, then God has to. He right. has to give you these blessings. But the picture we have in the Bible is a God who wants to give blessings to his children. He, he's a good father, and every good and perfect gift comes from him. Mm-hmm. He's incapable of giving bad gifts. He doesn't give you a, a, a stone when you ask for bread, or a snake when you ask for fish. the The, the idea of our father. Is one who lavishes Ephesians 1 7. He la or 1 8. He lavishes his grace upon us. He, he has this immensity of love and grace for us. And yet, at the same time, is the fullness and perfection of holiness. The de- very definition of God is rooted in holiness. So God is never either or. He is always both and. He is love and holiness, justice and mercy. Only God is this way. This is why he sends Christ. Because if he doesn't send Christ, just the way he does, if if Christ isn't fully God, fully man, if he's not God, then he's not divine and can't
0: be perfect. Can't be what is
1: needed. <laughs> right. If he's not man, then he can't bear our weight because he hasn't gone through what we've gone through. And then the this fullness of uh, of. Christ coming the 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 beauty of the advent the beauty of the the sacrifice the substitutionary atonement that he makes for us is that god as paul says is both just and the one who justifies and mm-hmm. and it, it is all god doing all this stuff now i i got a little bit away from from the the seasonal affective de, de, depression stuff that we deal with but as we're looking at but
0: not really i mean well as we're looking
1: at this picture of of Christ taking our sin in our right. place—that's not—I I want to say it's not often the gospel that we are receiving. So often we're receiving a gospel that says, even if we wouldn't identify specifically with prosperity teaching, or, you know, with you know Bethel Church or, or, you know, I don't know enough about the Hillsong theology. I, I, I hear them associated with it. I don't know enough about their theology to say that. The Joel Osteens, a number of other folks that are out there um, saying, here's what God wants for you. wants you to have this best life now. And, and, and we're receiving a different gospel. It's a gospel that says Jesus died on the cross to give you a better life. Jesus died on the cross to purchase your physical healing. Uh, I just was talking to somebody recently who comes from a background that teaches that Isaiah 53 is about our physical sickness, our physical healing, that, that because of Christ dying on the cross, we don't have to be sick anymore. Well, I want some of that, I guess, because I'm struggling with this little cold thing I got going on. Right. You know, I, I watched my father die of cancer. I, I, you know, there's so many things that go on all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do we justify that in light of that type of theology? And, and so when we when we see just the root of it, it's the desire for the gifts above the giver. When we desire the gifts above the giver, we get neither. If we desire the giver above the gifts, we get both. So when Piper says that, that God's most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him, the idea is I'm not satisfied in what God gives me. It's not that you know my loved one died and because I know that Christ is a healer, he's going to you know, raise my child from the dead or, or whatever these uh, different expectations are. He's going to change my circumstances and make my circumstances better. It's that he will be with me through these things mm-hmm. because there is a full resurrection coming for those who are in Christ. There is a fullness, and, and we talked about this uh, last time, in this perfection of our future that that Jesus has inaugurated the kingdom, but he hasn't... He hasn't brought that to its culmination yet. That's still coming. The consummation of all things, which will burn up everything that is imperfect. Everything that is less than God's perfect and holy standard will be destroyed. And only that which is perfect, that which is holy, that which is God's, is left. And that includes us. Mm -hmm. We're either His or we're destroyed. So those those pictures are not the same thing as having our best life now, having everything work out for us here. Because we love Jesus, now that's going to fix our circumstances. There's
0: a lot of pressure to that as well. Like, uh, I don't want to word this. I I may not feel like I'm living my best life now, and maybe I feel like in that teaching... Uh, Rich just walked 10 feet away to blow his nose, everybody. <laughs> um, and in that teaching... Um,
1: Probably still picked it up on the mic.
0: Yeah, a little man. bit. Um, if if I were to follow that teaching or or get that ingrained in me, I f- might feel like I should be living my best life now. And is God... Am I not doing the right things? And is God not blessing me the way that he's supposed to be? And da 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 da, da. Right. And there's a lot of pressure in that as well.
1: Absolutely. And we know people that are... Uh, wrestling with the idea of, well, can I even, am I really saved? Right. Because
0: I'm, I'm not still getting struggling. it right why, right.
1: why is this not perfect? Why am I not in that situation? Right. And
0: that continues the, the cyclical thing of fueling that depression and then getting deeper into it and then maybe even turning away from your faith and right. blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. And, and it really comes down to, uh, I mean, to sound horrifically crass and secular. Do it. it Tis it, the season. It comes down to. Uh, Managing your expectations, right. and you and I've talked about that oh, yeah. at various points oh, yeah. in, in your journey. That you know, sometimes we—you've op- been
0: very harsh with me. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? except You're welcome. Uh, the thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> the The reality of it is, we want God to operate on our timeline. We want God to to do what we want God to do. Rather than what God.
0: You, you said something to me the other day that uh, we were talking about somebody, and you said they want God to serve them. Yeah. And I don't think it's a conscious thing. Like you're not no, saying they're saying. No, conscious. Right. Give me this. It's very
1: it. conscious in the in the mind of the uh, the the demons who are trying to influence right. our. Right. But thoughts. if you
0: called that person out on it, they'd be like, "Oh my goodness, no, right. I'm not doing that. Why would right. I ever do that?" But. Yeah, it's okay, super you offensive kind of are. to say, right. that.
1: but it's uh, that's what we are doing. Right. You know, a hundred percent. When we are disappointed in God, it's because God's not doing what we say. Right. And, I mean, and, I've been there. And we all, yeah, we all go through that <laughs> right. at times. Like, God, why, why this? Why, right. why am I going through this? Why didn't you answer this? Can prayer? I tell
0: you how many times I've said that this year? Right. <laughs> it,
1: But that's part of the journey. That's part of what we are actually called to. And that's not a surprise in the scriptures. In fact, you know, long after the crucifixion, I think this is one of the things that undoes our expectations. And when I say the prosperity gospel, I don't just mean, I do primarily mean, but I don't just mean those who are out there officially teaching, so to speak. You know, the, the health and wealth kind of stuff. But all of us are stained by this idea. It's a performance-oriented thing where Mm -hmm. if we, you know, however we label it, you know, we call it faith, if we, you know, we call it different things, but we don't mean faith the way the Bible means faith. We mean faith in some mystical sense or some feeling sense that if if we just, you know, ignore doubts and we pretend that, you know, we don't have any questions, then God will give us stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, that's prosperity gospel. You know, if we're going to go into this idea that, that, you know, if I check all the boxes, then God will do all the things that, that I want him to do so that I can have a better life. That's false teaching. That is heterodox. That is absolutely not what the Bible teaches at all. In fact, long after Christ's crucifixion, Peter, who walked with him, Peter, who preached the, the first sermon after the resurrection, who got, saw 3,000 people come to faith in Christ because of this one sermon by a fisherman, uh, Peter, who was present for all of these things and still stumbled and got called out by Paul along the way for not having his head right as far as relating to the gospel. Peter says that Christ, in his suffering, set an example for us. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble. You're going to suffer. Paul said over and over, you're going to suffer. We don't care about the suffering. That's the difference. It's not that we don't have it. It's that we don't care let the suffering
0: come because we know and we have greater look what happened to the disciples. Thing. I mean, they suffered. So if we're really talking <laughs> right. about
1: God wants us to have our best life now, and right. can never go through this. The, you have to throw away the majority of the New Testament. Yeah. You have to throw away... Including the, the
0: crucifixion and... Well, <laughs> yeah. right.
1: So... You know, some will say, "Well, that doesn't really apply because it didn't happen until the crucifixion." So, okay, so the so Old nobody Testament. nobody suffered is okay. in the Old Testament. It was, it, well, I mean, <laughs> that that suffering was our lot until the cross. Oh. So then, after that, the the crucifixion took that when Jesus took that, because Isaiah fifty three clearly means that God's going to give us money and health. Uh, you know, when Jesus took that from us, then from then on, we all have healing and, and signs and wonders. But that's just not what we see that's in what the scripture to the people itself.
0: Closest to Jesus, right?
1: <laughs> and again, Jesus didn't heal everybody he encountered. Right. He didn't raise every dead person he encountered. Right. Uh, the apostles didn't do that. They raised some for specific purposes in the testimony of the gospel prior to the completion of the scriptures. So as we see that happening, there is a specific purpose. There's a specific pattern. It's very seldom. It's not ever with a hashtag. By the way, uh, sorry, a little, a little side rant. Um, it, it's, it's not relevant in any way. A, a show. Right. They don't gather people around and say, here, come watch as I heal this person. Right. That's not it. When, when in Mark 5, when Jesus raises the little girl, they're actually making fun of him. It's right. not like Jesus has this big gathering. Right. They're mocking him. Right. They're, this has to go, You know, this idea that somehow the church finds its its foundation on signs and wonders. That is not who we are. We are people of the book. And when we have the word of God, written through men of God, by the Spirit of God. It is for the church of Christ to become more like Him so that we can see God revealed in His Word. And when we start to get outside of anything else, then we're setting ourselves up for expectations that can't possibly be met because they're not what God promised. So
0: so bringing that back into, to, you know, I think we touched on it last week a little bit um, and, and at the beginning here. This is a time of year... where it's very easy to very quickly feel down and feel a fallout from all this buildup. And so from a, from a, I, I hate to use the word, but I can't think of a better one right now. So from a practical standpoint, uh, as we, as we go into this new year and the, the glow of the Christmas season kind of starts to dwindle, uh, what, either as a Christ follower or as someone who is not in Christ and who might be listening, what if you could if you could say one thing? What would it be?
1: Ask that question again.
0: <laughs> that was a long-winded question. <laughs> I, I guess. And I think my pseudofed just wore off. <laughs> from I guess from a from a practicality standpoint, you know, I'm I'm sitting here. It's Christmas Christmas e or Christmas Day at night and i'm looking at my tree and i'm gonna i'm not gonna put my tree away tomorrow but somebody else might <laughs> and and the tree has got to come down and the music has stopped and and every the the afterglow of everything is kind of fading and you kind of feel like you're coming down from this high of the season what what now you know what would
1: yeah um i guess i would say the same as every other aspect of life whether we're talking about processing the holiday season whether we're talking about our faith and our our, our discipleship, our walk with Christ, uh, <clears throat> which I, I guess I would lean more towards saying our discipleship, because I think right. we we misuse the term faith so much.
0: Right, and I'm just saying this now at this time of year so, because we're here. Yeah,
1: you know. So as we look at that, or any other aspect, right, I think it's really important for us to recognize that maturity involves maturity. It, is what gets us past these things. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we fall into these types of things, um, negative emotions, dominant negative emotions, are, are first and foremost, the product of a sinful world, and they are, in this sinful world, they are reflective of immaturity. They're inherently immature. So when I, they're inherently selfish. When I get down uh, about how I'm disappointed and all these things fall apart, that's an inherently selfish thing. So for me to be able to get past that type of thing, that, that flawed thinking that expects more than I'm going to get, I think it's important for us to recognize that maturity involves crockpot thinking, not microwave thinking. We need to change our expectations of the timeline. Anything that, that comes to us quickly Generally fades just as quickly. Mm -hmm. So if it's this great epiphany of faith, then that great epiphany of faith generally has shallow roots. Deep roots, strong trees take many years to develop. The same thing is true in our expectations. When we, you know, when we think that Christmas is the fix for everything, you know, this is oh, I'm riding these emotions, and I expect that this is just going to stay that way. Right. Well then I'm. Of course, it's not going to stay that way. The same thing is true if I fall in love with somebody. You know, I'm gonna we're gonna get married. We're so in love, and it's gonna be this way forever. It's not. It's never gonna. That's not how it's designed to work. Just like you, you know, you you can't eat a meal and think, "No, I'm satisfied for the rest of my life." That's no. It was a good meal. Enjoy it, and then move on. You're gonna have another meal. You know that that's the that's the idea. So we need to have something more sustainable, and that revol, that revolves around our thoughts. Our thoughts have to be, we have to think with a long view rather than just a short view. We have to stop expecting God to do things that he did not promise to do. We have to stop expecting, you know, You know. if, I, if my daughter is so built up on, oh, I'm going to get a pony for Christmas, or more specifically a guinea pig. You
0: know, That's I a guess, big difference. <laughs> yeah,
1: a pony is my usual example, but she's asked for a guinea pig. Uh, I
0: might rather have a pony.
1: She ain't getting no guinea pig. <laughs> <right? laughs> guinea pigs and are she's nasty. Already, she's already got horses, so there's yeah, not there gonna be any go. any guinea pig. So if she, having asked for this guinea pig, it's like my daddy loves me. My daddy's gonna get me stuff. He promised he's gonna get me a guinea pig. So she's gonna then just hang on that, and gonna be so disappointed when she doesn't get a guinea pig. Why? Because I never said I was going to get you a guinea pig. In fact, I specifically said, that ain't going to happen. There's no guinea pig going to come into this house. Not going to happen. If it does, the cat might have a a few (laughs) words about it. But anyway, as don't email about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Peed But But it's not because of the circumstances that the the disappointment is there. The disappointment is there because you expected something that the giver of the gifts never promised. And we do that with God. We do that with Christmas. We do that with our emotions. Our emotions tell us this is everything. This is how we should feel. And, and we need to get past that. We need to be able to recognize reality for what it is. And when we reckon reality rightly, then we're going to be able to, to put ourselves in a situation where our thoughts that we choose, because we do get to choose our thoughts, not everything that comes to our door, but we get to choose what we invite in. When those thoughts come to us and we say, no, that's a false thought. That's a, that's a, a lie from the devil. That is a, a, a you know an expectation that the world has put on me. That's the desires of my own flesh. Here's what the Word of God says. I'm going to affirm the truth. I'm going to renounce the lie. When I do that in my expectations, then I'm choosing my thoughts. As Paul would say, I'm taking my thoughts captive to make them obey Christ. And when he says making them obey Christ, what he's really talking about is aligning them with reality, aligning my thoughts with God's thoughts.
0: And these are choices.
1: Absolutely choices. But we often think that they're not because we're so driven by our feelings. Everybody is going to have This is feelings. just how
0: I feel. I can't right. change it, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, actually.
1: You actually can. <laughs> but you don't change it by deciding, oh, I'm going to feel different. Right. You change it by choosing what you're going to affirm or renounce. What am I going to allow to be my dominant thought?
0: You can feel whatever you want, but the the point is, do your feelings align with reality?
1: You're, yeah, and your feelings are always going to be a response to stimuli. Right. So, when I can tell you right now, when we get done with opening all the presents and all the Christmas stuff, I'm going to have a little bit of a, an emotional letdown. Right. I know that because right. that's what the stimuli is going to do. Wah. But I'm not going to let that take me down. Right. And part of that is because I know in advance that that's, that's how the feelings are. Mm-hmm. I also know in advance those feelings are not, no matter what we say in our modern world, the feelings are not in themselves valid. They're not valid thoughts. They're feelings. Feelings are a response to stimuli. That tells me nothing about reality. Since I know that that the world doesn't come to a crashing end after Christmas, since I know that just because God doesn't give me A doesn't mean that God doesn't love me, it might mean that A isn't good for me and B is much better. It might mean that B is a step towards C and that's where God is taking me. And right. A would feel good in the moment, but it's just not helpful. It feels like algebra when I throw all this yes, stuff in. Please there. don't start throwing so, <clears> X
0: equals in here. If I,
1: <clears throat> if I change my thinking to align with reality and I manage my expectations in accordance with that, that's where the thinking comes in because my expectations are something that I can actually take control of. And I stop asking God to do things that God doesn't promise to do. And I stop expecting God to do things based on somebody else's experience. Or I stop getting you know, all worked up about you know, maintaining Christmas all year long. That's great for songs and postcards. It's not reality. Right. Because there are 365 days and only one of them is Christmas. But we can take the things that we learn from it, we can take the, the love and, and all that kind of stuff, and we can value those the rest of the time. And that's great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But ultimately, we have to learn contentment. Right. We have to learn not to be looking for that next thing, that next high, that next you know, emotional buzz that's going to cause everything to get better so that when I stop feeling that buzz, oh no, God has abandoned me. Right. We need something stronger we need to go past this you know the celebrations and the parties to recognize that christmas isn't about that we've made it about that and and it's great we can enjoy those things in their place but we're really talking about the gospel that god created us to be with him and and our sin separates us from him but we can't fix that with our religion we can't fix it with christmas parties we can't fix it with you know holiday specials or or good feelings or any of those kinds of things and we can't undo our sin by trying to compensate for it but the gospel the the, the whole purpose of christmas is that jesus came became man he was always god mm-hmm. now he becomes human and in this process he walks among us he lives like one of us he faces every temptation that, that humans face and yet is without sin and the one who knew no sin became sin for us he actually died and rose again to pay the price for our sin so that anyone who believes in him doesn't have to to die and be separated from god now our bodies are still going to die we know that and, but we have an ultimate resurrection because when the perfection comes we're in christ that doesn't mean we walk through a life that is you know, all golden all the time. Right. He didn't. The apostles didn't. The disciples throughout the New Testament didn't. Throughout history, that hasn't happened. So why would we think that God's going to do something totally different with us?
0: Right.
1: But if we trust him, if we trust that his death and resurrection on the cross is enough to make us right with God, and we desire him above all of this other ancillary stuff, then we find that we, in letting go of the rest, get more than we ever imagined in the first place.
0: Well, that's a good place to end. I just want to take note that I'm I, in no way, shape, or form are we, you know, uh, trying to some people really do struggle with seasonal affective disorder and things like that. And that's an entirely separate issue. So I'm not, you know, saying that that's not a real thing or or whatever. I don't know (laughs) that it's
1: separate, but we don't want to diminish. Right. I mean, it is, the realities of these things are still a part of that. Right. Uh, But there are also physiological issues that some folks deal with as well. So
0: I don't want to take away from that, but you know, for, for what it's worth. Um, So I guess that's where we're going to end. This is this is the only podcast this week, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we will do we'll have one more uh, next week before the new year, the last one of twenty nineteen. How about that? Um, but as always, uh, if you'd like to contact us, I know this was this is kind of a, a one off subject, so we're not following our traditional traditional pattern here. Um, but still, if you have, if you have any questions, comments, or anything you'd like to. Uh, talk about or have us talk about in a future episode, feel free to email us or um, leave us a voicemail. I can still say that because it's still technically 2019. And I'm Leave not... a
1: voicemail, get a mug.
0: Leave a voice. Well, that's not, don't advertise that. If you're the first person to leave a voicemail, you get a mug. And then we will draw somebody else who leaves a voicemail.
1: <laughs> if we get more than one person, I'll be. We're so going to run impressed. out of mugs
0: real quick if that's the case. Um, so yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: To borrow from Jay Leno, crunch all you want, we'll make more. That's a Doritos commercial from the 80s. Got to throw some, some Jay Leno out there for us.
0: Crunch all you want will make more. Yeah. I feel like that's a bad slogan.
1: Yeah, it didn't last that long.
0: Yeah, but Clear, it was Jay Leno. clearly. But it was Jay Leno, so Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry
1: Christmas. <laughs>